The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives a feel good sounds. Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heel shoes, got her wings on too. You know I've never seen a better stew. Oh, Betty and the Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have a couple stories about naked passengers, beluga whales, mobsters, deer, pilots, ducks, and mothers. Let's get on with the show. This flight attendant was telling me a good story and I get out the recorder. A lot of people, that recorder scares them. (laughs) It's okay, I'll tell you the story. So she said that they were boarding and this woman, young-ish, but really, really fit in skin-tight clothing, very muscular, gets on and sits at 6D. So later in the flight, after the meal service, the lights are off, she hears a call bell and it's like, ding, 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 ding. And you know, that means something, something go, something's going down. So she goes running. That many bells, you know, it's something big. And she gets closer and her eyes get wide because the guy at 1A, that fit lady from 6D, is naked and sitting on top of the man at 1A. So she's like, and so at that point, another flight attendant comes running from, she has been coming from the back of the plane. This other flight attendant comes running from the galley because she heard the ding, 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 ding. So the other flight attendant says, oh my gosh, her clothes are in the first class galley and there's, there's pee all over the floor. So the first thing they do is get the naked fit lady off the very shocked man at 1A. They wrap her in a blanket, they get her in her seat, they give her her clothes, and she apologizes and says, um, she took an Ambien, she had had like four glasses of wine, so she thought the galley was the bathroom, took off her clothes, went to the bathroom, and then she thought that was her seat at 1A. So, (laughs) it's like, they said the guy at 1A was like, what is going on? Okay, so then later that flight, at breakfast, another man in first class says to this flight attendant, uh, boy, 
She looked great without her clothes on. I wish she had sat on me. So this is exciting. I'm recording this early because when this episode of the podcast comes out, I should be in the sub-Arctic. I should be in Churchill, Canada to see the beluga whales. Very exciting. So since I'm there, possibly now as you're listening, I thought I'd tell you a couple fun facts about beluga whales. I know, I know, all the podcasts you listen to are talking about beluga whales. More beluga whale talk. (laughs) Anyway, this is interesting. So, um, hopefully, I'm now in the summer in the sub-Arctic. And so, beluga whales, this is crazy to me, can mimic human speech. And instead of using their teeth to chew food, they use their teeth to hold prey and then swallow them whole. And here's the thing, beluga whales are very friendly and social. They're really curious about humans and will swim around and under boats. I can't wait to see that part. I have a a kayak trip planned and I'm hoping the beluga whales are going to be right there because get this, this is crazy. I, I, I thought I must be reading this wrong. Because originally I thought there'd be 5,000 beluga whales in Churchill, Canada in the summer. But no, not 5,000. 50,000 beluga whales. It's crazy. So the beluga whales, they like to play. They play with objects they find in the water like wood, plants, and bubbles. So the term beluga actually means the white one in Russian. And belugas are also known as melonhead or sea canaries. The white skin allows them to camouflage among the ice and the Arctic and the subarctic. They're actually born gray and then they turn white at age seven and nine, depending if it's male or female. And so get this, I think this is very interesting. The bump on the beluga's head is called a melon. And this melon Their head changes shape depending on the sound the whale is emitting. That is so cool. And they make 11 different sounds, chirps, whistles, cackles, and squawks. And this is why they're called uh, sea canaries. But most of all, and part of the reason why I'm going to see them is because they are super cute. Super cute. I was working at MD-88 from... Boston, New York. The two guys came on who looked like extras from The Sopranos. And if you asked a child to draw a picture of a stereotypical Italian-American mobster, they would have drawn these guys. They had warm-up suits and the Mr. T starter kit on, their hair greased back. And they shook hands with some guy in first class. And Michael and Kitty Dukakis were sitting in coach. Oh my gosh, really? They were sitting in coach and they came back and shook hands with them. And then they went and sat down in separate seats on the two-seat side. How would they know Michael and Kitty Dukakis? Well, we were—I do- don't <laughs> okay. know—but we were doing the beverage service, and the the one who was sitting farther toward the front of the plane ordered a drink. And this is when we still took cash, and he gave me a hundred-dollar bill. Oh. And I said, I can't break a hundred. He said, Well, go ask my brother back there. He's got a thousand dollars in ones. <laughs> He didn't say who his brother was. He just said, go ask my brother. We knew who his brother was because we saw him come on. So I went back, and sure enough, the guy pulls out a roll of ones and peels off a hundred ones and hands them to me. So I went back and gave the guy his change. 
but later when we were, this is when we still had an aft galley on the BD-8. Yeah. We, were, we were in the aft galley. So the guy came back to the aft galley to chat with us, the one who had bought the drink. Right. And he asked, he asked us if we lived in New York, and at the time I did, so I said, yeah. And he said, well, I'll tell you what you do. He said, you go to Little Italy, and go to the Palermo Cafe on Mulberry Street, and you tell them Joey Bravado sent you, my boys will hook you up. Yeah, right, I'll get a free plate of spaghetti, and then they're going to want me to carry a briefcase onto the airplane. So I said, no thanks. So then he asked the, the female flight attendant who was back there working with me, where she lived, and she said, Miami. And he said, oh, he said, you got a boyfriend? And she said, yeah. And so he said, all right. And he gave her a business card. He said, uh, he said, uh, just look me up. He said, I'm in Miami all the time. I'll show you it's a good time. And she looked at the card, and the card said movie producer. Oh. And she said, are you a movie producer? And he said, oh, no. He said, but I give this to the dumb broads. I get laid all the time. <laughs> and she was totally clueless. She had no idea who they were. So she said, well, what do you do? And he said, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We took care of things, you know what I mean? And, and I, I, so I said, you know Michael Dukakis? He said, oh, yeah, we know everybody. I said, well, who was the guy in first class who shook hands with? He said, that was more a screening. He's the biggest lawyer in Boston. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, do you live in Boston? He said, uh, no, I live in New York. He said, what? I said, what about your brother? He said, well, that's the purpose of this trip. We're looking for a new residence for him. I said, oh, where's he moving from? He said, well, he was currently a guest of the federal government. <laughs> now, I don't know if that meant he was in the witness protection program or if he was in, in jail, jail or yeah. what. But that, that's the whole story. But the, the, the female flight attendant me, it just went completely overhead. She had no idea what, do you what do? was going on. <laughs> this comes from listener Elisa. Thanks, Elisa. She, she's a registered nurse who does training and flies about eight times a month. Now, one of her colleagues used points to upgrade to first class on one of the flights. So it was Sarah's very first flight in first class, and she was sitting in the back row. On the ground, the flight attendant was making her way down the aisle, and Sarah saw her leaning down and asking each passenger if they would like a Peter Parcher drink. And Sarah said the flight attendant asked every one of them if they would like a Peter Parcher drink. And she was thinking to herself, what the heck is a Peter Parcher drink? What does that taste like? Is it kind of like a Harvey wall banger? So when the flight attendant got to her, Sarah said, um, what exactly is in a Peter Parcher drink? And the flight attendant looked at her dumbstruck and, and she said, a Peter Parcher drink? I, I don't I've never heard of that. And Sarah said, well, I've heard you ask all the other people in first class if they would like a Peter Parcher drink, and I might want one if I knew what was in it. At that point, the flight attendant broke out laughter, and she said, I was asking the passengers if they wanted a pre-departure drink. (laughs) So the flights are so Full these days, and flights are expensive. Uh, you know, demand is just so high. And uh, me and these other flight attendants were laughing because our airline is saying our scores are going down, and we have implemented more service, but our scores were higher during the pandemic. And we were like, "Hello, <laughs> there wasn't anybody on the plane. <laughs> it's all about space on the plane." <laughs> Yes, if you have nobody next to you, or if you have a whole row to lay down, you're going to think your flight is great. (laughs) And now that it's full, you're going to be like, 
Uh, not so much. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think you guys are really going to like this. It's Jack's Flight Club. It's like a secret club that gives you access to discounted flights delivered directly to your inbox. It's a free membership. That's right, it's free. And you get discounted flights delivered to your email up to like 80% off. It's a way to travel the world for less. Never overpay for flights and visit places you thought were out of reach. Some of the recent deals were Philly to Iceland for like $277 round trip. Seattle to Lima for $292 round trip. It's a free membership. You don't have anything to lose. So with the free membership, you get one to two deals per week. They also have a premium membership where you get four times as many deals. And this is even better. When you sign up with my link, www.jacksflightclub.com slash skybetty, you will be entered to possibly win a free year premium membership. But why don't you just go ahead and try the free one? See if it works for you. I think you're really going to like it. So once again, it's jacksflightclub.com slash skybetty, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Yes, so I grew up in a little farm in Denmark, just out in the boonies, maybe like 1,500 people. It was probably beautiful. Oh, yeah, it was a wonderful life, for farm life. So anyway, so we had a guy who would come every year and harvest the fields for us and he had a combine and I was just a small boy I don't know between 8 and 10 years old and uh, every time he came he let me sit up by the combine with him so uh, we would just you know take two days to harvest the fields and I would be up there the whole time just watching the combine work and go back and forth so uh, of course, then I became a flight attendant, moved to the U.S., and uh, maybe a couple years into my job, this man was sitting in first class. And I looked at me, he looked very familiar, <laughs> and who was it? It was this farmer who came, farmed our... But he recognized you from he, a child? No, he did not recognize me, I recognized him. Oh, okay. Yeah, because this was um, probably 35 years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was just strange, you know. But also interesting that he's sitting in first class. He's sitting in first class, and now he's getting a ride on my, my plane. <laughs> so I was flying back from Amsterdam, and on this particular flight, we did not have a flight attendant who speaks Dutch. They're usually who's at the boarding door. So we just had, you know, a regular English-speaking, very sweet girl at the boarding door saying hello welcome on board you know where your seat is well there was a wheelchair and she was trying to get these people to get out of the way for the wheelchair and she was saying could you just scoot over could you just scoot over and these were dutch speaking passengers and they were looking at her funny because they must not have a word or have ever heard of the word scoot <laughs> So this is when uh, a, a guy, flight attendant, who I've never flown with before, decided to have a little fun with this flight attendant and said to her, after those passengers left, he said to her, um, do you know what scoot means in Dutch? And she's like, no. And he said, that means to undress. And she was like, what? She's like, yeah, you were telling those those passengers to undress and that's why they were looking at you so funny and she was like oh my gosh I had no idea so now I'm walking 
up <laughs> to help somebody at this time when he pulls me over and goes, hey, I'm sort of messing with her at the boarding door. She told these people to scoot for the wheelchair and they didn't know what scoot meant. So I told her just on the fly that scoot meant to undress. So uh, here, come over here and just go along with me, okay? And I was like, okay. You know, uh, I love it when people are having fun. It's not always, you know, somebody else doing stuff. <laughs> so he says to me in front of her, uh, you need to tell her what the word scoot means in Dutch. And I said, oh, it means to undress. And she's like, oh, I can't believe I was telling those passengers to undress for the wheelchair. I, they were I can't, they, they were really looking at me funny. I can't believe I was saying that. I, I had no idea. So then he starts telling everybody else this thing. None of us know Dutch. <laughs> and like, you know, that she was telling them to scoot and the word scoot in Dutch means to undress. And people are like, oh my gosh. So the whole flight, we we're like, hey, can you scoot over? Scoot, scoot. <laughs> it went on. He did not tell her till nine hours later that scoot most certainly does not mean undress in Dutch. You guys know that I live in South Carolina, and it's a very beautiful part of the country. We have those gorgeous trees with all this Spanish moss hanging from it. It's really a beautiful place. And I've mentioned before that I'm in a fight with the deer. I'm in a deer war. Now, I love deer. I think they're beautiful. Uh, I like to take pictures of them. I just don't like when they eat my roses and my Gerber daisies. I've been having to purchase different plants that they find unappealing. <laughs> I basically had to give up on the roses. I just bought this purple, I don't know what it was, but it's a vine with these pretty purple flowers. It was out there one day, and then I look out and it's a stump. So anyway, I'm having issues with deer. So the other day, I'm talking on the phone with my friend in the evening, and I see three deer, like, on my, call it a deck, the back of my house. And they're just chomping away, and I'm like, hey, hey, <laughs> trying to use my mom voice, dad voice, you know, stop it. And they're just looking at me, chomping. So now I decide to go out to, to say, hey, you know, scoot. <laughs> and uh, this is what was funny. So I go out and uh, the one deer hanging from his antler is a long Spanish moss. He's got Spanish moss, <laughs> like long hair. And I'm like, now that is one southern deer. So, did you have you had somebody interesting on your flight? I have. Um, Reese Witherspoon. How was she? She was amazing. She was super duper nice, very personable. She talked to the crew. Um, you seemed like a normal person. Very normal. Um, nothing off about her at all. She smiled every time we passed by. Um, she told us goodbye and thanked us for everything when she got off the plane. Well, you know that's nice to hear, isn't it? Very nice because. You are expecting celebrities to be so down to earth and humble sometimes. So it was refreshing to know yeah. that she was a regular person like us. It feels like I've had stories about crew rest now for like three or four months in a row. But 
It has a lock on it. The door looks a little bit like a bathroom door. Uh, but apparently, on my trip a couple trips ago, uh, the pilot must not have locked the door when he left. We were already up. And uh, so now we're doing breakfast. And the purser in the back is running out special meals. And she sees that the crew rest door is open. And she sees passengers on the stairs. And she's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And they're like, what? What? We thought this was a bathroom. It's weird bathroom. It's got beds in it. <laughs> yeah, it's the bathroom that's downstairs. <laughs> of course they don't know. But <laughs> they must have been thinking, wow, this is a big bathroom. Where, where's the toilet? I, I see bunks and curtains and pillows, but no toilet. I thought this was funny. Simone Biles, the gymnast, she's like a world gold medalist. She's a famous gymnast, was on a flight, and the flight attendant offered her a coloring book. Now, granted, she's on the short side. She's like four foot eight inches, but <laughs> the flight attendant offered her a coloring book, and she said, to her credit, she said, no, I'm good. I'm 25. <laughs> So MD-88, yeah. flight's full, and I'm A standing out the front. We're, we're boarded up. There's a couple of um, last-minute passengers, particularly a, a, a man, mid-30s business suit comes down. We're full on bags, so we have to check the bags. He didn't want to check his bag. Right. So I said, well, you know, I, we just don't have any room, so we wanted to take my bag out the closet. And I told him, we, you know, I had to have it because of the, yeah. you know, most stuff. Yeah, stuff. And um, so he goes, well, I'm going to make room in the back. Okay. So he goes to the back. The flight is sending back up front. There is absolutely no room, so we have to check the back. They're ready to close the door. So he said, um, he goes, that's well, we're have to, we'll have to check your back. There's no room. Yeah, there's no choice. There's no choice. I'm, I'm very sorry. So the captain leans around and, you know, how it's the bifold door, and they're just right there. Yeah. Right? He goes, what's the problem? And I said, well, we don't have any room. He, he doesn't want to check his bag, but we don't have room. They're ready to close the door. And so the captain says, check the bag or get off the flight. Just like that, very firm. So the guy puts his bag down on the floor, and he goes, fine. And he kicks his bag out of the jetway, out into the jetway. And he goes, thanks for nothing. You and Miss No Help at All back there. Oh, you are Miss No Help at All. I guess I was, he said, you and Miss No Help at All. So I, I don't know if they were Miss No Help or if I was Miss No Help or if we were all Miss No Help. But it's interesting that he would kick his own bag. Like, that's, how does that hurt you? He's kicking his own bag. It was funny and it was all I could do to stand there with a straight face thinking, what in the world? <laughs> So the captain said, do you want me to get him off the flight? I'm not going to have somebody do this on yeah. a flight, you know. And all of first class was, was saying, kick him off, kick him <laughs> off, kick him off. But I figured, I said, well, you know, he's just having a bad day. Right. So he walks to the back, and that was probably worse for him to have to stay on that flight because everybody saw what he did yeah. than to 
for him to barely move, but and he went to sleep and slept the rest of his life, but it's just he sounds like a lovely man. <laughs> you guys know I like to invest, but I've been nervous about crypto since I just don't know enough about it. I found this Copy My Crypto membership site that shows you the coins that YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy them. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest as you simply just do what he does. So let me tell you a little bit about James. He runs the Crypto with James YouTube channel, which has over 17,000 subscribers and 1 million views. Since March 2020, he's told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put in 100 bucks into each one, it would now be worth over $53,000. Of those 26 coins, his top pick of the year, a coin called Phantom, is currently up 410 times from when he said... That one call alone has let some people retire, even young people in their 20s and 30s. So if you would like to join the 1,300 members who copy James, head over to copymycrypto.com slash Betty. My listeners get full access for just a dollar. That's copymycrypto.com forward slash Betty. That's B-E-T-T-Y. I was uh, flying to Frankfurt, and Germans are very uh, free about nudity. They have yes. no hang-ups because their saunas and their swimming pools are all co-ed nude. Right. right. So there was a woman in, in the aft lavatory on the 760ER, and she cracked the door open and asked me if I would hold her baby so she could go to the bathroom. I said, sure. Well, then she kicked the door wide open, and she was naked from the waist down. <laughs> so I just took the baby and said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this was just an odd exchange. Sometimes it's not necessarily funny. Sometimes it's just kind of weird. So we're boarding to go back to the United States, and I'm in coach, and I'm doing a whole bunch of things because lots, of, you know, boarding is our most hectic time. So I'm trying to hand out the headsets and the eye shades. I'm trying to get the bins. Some people don't have place for their bags. So you know, I'm I'm doing like three things at once. And this guy says to me, um, I forgot to bring socks. Do you have some socks I can borrow? And my mind goes, does he, he want to borrow my dirty socks? Or does he think that we have socks to hand out to everybody in coach? Maybe some other airline does that. I don't know. So at this point, I don't know. And I said, um, no, we don't have socks. We don't even have socks in first class at the moment. Different times, our amenity kits in first class have different things, so there aren't even any socks in there. So there, there are literally no socks on the plane. The only socks I would have to give him would be my dirty socks from my suitcase, and I wasn't sure if he was asking me for those. So <laughs> I'm telling the people, the flight attendants in the galley about this, and the one flight attendant says, you said you should have said, would you want me to take off my pantyhose and, and give them to you? And someone else said, you should say, oh, we have a box of used socks and hats and gloves and underwear behind the last row if, if you want to have a look. You know, we're just being silly. We're just entertaining ourselves. But this is the weird part of the story. So I then go up and I have 20 million other things to do. And I look down and he's wearing socks. 
This next story is from the Adam Corolla podcast at adamcarolla.com. And this is an airplane story that I have never heard before. I call Mike and Mike tells me a tale I've never heard before. Let's hear it. Strapped in and ready. Go ahead, Mike. Get on the needle jet. You know, you get on that regional jet. It's the 